Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding NBA Finals Game 2 post-game show. I'm Dave DeFore, here with Jared Weiss, here with Keith Parrish. And gentlemen, we have a series. The road team, the Miami Heat, pick up the big win in Game 2. And guys, what a perfect game from Miami. I'm so glad that we got to finally have Duncan Robinson vindicate himself as the greatest contract in the entire NBA. Because this, <laughs> this playoff run has just been unbelievable. And this win, it really starts with Jimmy Butler on the bench at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Jokic just completely eviscerated the entire heat at the end of the third quarter. And Duncan Robinson, he just comes out and he's just torching them again. I just I just covered them in the last round. He just destroyed the Celtics over and over and over at the beginning of the fourth when Butler was out. And now he's doing it to Denver. He's inevitable. People say Jokic is inevitable. That's BS. Duncan Robinson is inevitable. I'm sure Mike Malone's pulling his hair out, if he had any, that is, um, over <laughs> the... Uh, although, I believe he, he cuts it short by choice. Yes. But that's Anyways. Smart man. Um, or he rips it out every night. They start In game one, start of the fourth quarter, he leaves Jokic out there. They have a huge lead. He's like, let's put this one to bed. And the Heat go on like a, an 11-0 run in that one. This one, he's like, well, that didn't work out great. I'll start Jokic on the bench to start the fourth quarter this time. And as Jared just says, Duncan Robinson goes off. And then he calls a quick timeout. He gets Jokic back in the game. It doesn't matter. The Heat basically played a flawless fourth quarter. I mean, kudos to the Nuggets for putting up that final fight. I mean, we're going to talk about it in a second. I'm sure like they had a chance, like they had a shot to tie the game, which was amazing considering how well Miami played this entire fourth quarter. They just executed every single time down the court. They made shots in this whole game. I mean, their, their whole lineup, they were making the shots, and I think one thing people highlighted after game one was, well, if they're not going to make threes, it's going to be hard. Well, guess what? They've been doing it all playoffs. They did it again. The Miami Heat, they make three-pointers. That's right. They they were 17 of 35 in this game, uh, good for 48.6%. But the bigger story is that they went to the free-throw line. We've all talked about only two free-throws in game one. They were 18 of 20 from the line in this game. I mean, Jimmy Butler got to the line a couple times. It's none of that regular season Miami Heat, you know, living on the grift, Jared. But, like, they were able to at least bother the Nuggets. And, and, I mean, Jokic wound up getting into foul trouble in this game to a certain degree. Definitely got in his head a little bit. The frustration fouls. And I'm sure that he felt like he wasn't getting some calls because it was getting pretty physical inside. But getting to the free throw line was one of the keys to their game. And, and you know, 20, 20 free throws is a bigger deal. I think Contavious Caldwell-Pope felt bad for him and he's like what can i do to put the celtics on the foul line what can i do i mean the uh to put the heat on the foul line yeah uh, kcp with some regrettable 
decisions in that fourth quarter and a re- regrettable game overall. He, he didn't have it going on the offensive end either. He ends up fouling out. But the, like the one time the Heat missed a shot in the fourth quarter, it's KCP committing a three-shot foul. So kind of a tough game for him uh, as, as the Nuggets don't end up where they want to be. I, I want to defend KCP here. I thought it was absolute propaganda that on the broadcast they were saying that Kyle Lowry didn't kick out his foot. Like, come on. We've watched yeah, Kyle Lowry okay. long enough to it, know when we see a Kyle Lowry. It was a kick out pulled. after the foul. I will say that was an <laughs> obvious, correct call. I don't agree with the officials all the time, nor the broadcast team all the time. But that was a foul on KCP. But, of course, Kyle Lowry at the very end, it's it's his nature. He can't not do it. Uh, he um, he sna- snakes the foot out. Okay, so let's get to the game. Okay. Yeah. The game starts with a big change for, for Miami in their starting lineup. They start Kevin Love over Caleb Martin. They're looking to get some size. I think the hope is you can help, you know, hold Jokic off the glass. Maybe you can bother him a little bit. And Kevin Love, you know, can stretch the floor for you some. Guys, that move seems to have worked, at least in game two. I mean, for the game, Kevin Love, plus 18 in 22 minutes, did hit a couple of threes, had 10 rebounds, actually had a couple of steals. And, you know, just a it was a different world for Miami. They did not look tiny like they did in game one. Well, they in did a- on offense where they, they weren't attacking in the paint. They, they, got, they got killed on points in the paint, and they had very few attempts, actually, in the restricted area in this game. It was all on the perimeter. It didn't matter. I mean, but maybe on the defensive end, maybe on the rebounding side of it, you see Kevin Love pulling up with 10 rebounds in, in his 22 minutes where that was a big thing. I'm curious how much of it was strategy and how much of it was this report of Caleb Martin being ill. And I, I think a big thing starting with love was that he actually did a really good job defensively. I don't know if he just like kind of saved all of his defensive energy up for this one game basically, but he was doing such a good job staying in front of guys. There's a lot of times where you would expect him to get burned at like the point of attack on the perimeter and he didn't get lost. He would send it into help, send a baseline. <clears throat> he did a really good job with that. And because love was actually staying in front of people, Miami just had so much more power kind of like at that. They, they, they kind of have like a shell around the free throw, like around the paint, basically, where they're like hoping we can't let Jokic or really anybody else get into it. And I thought Love kind of made a difference being able to do that. And most importantly, Spo knew when to go away from Love. And I think that's something that Spo is just so good at is he knows if I'm going to start a guy and it works in the first half, I know when to make sure I, I don't fall into that trap in the second half. And night and day difference in the start as far as shot making goes. I mean, Max Struess, guys, I mean, right. four threes in the first quarter, and we're thinking, okay, he's going to set a new finals record, and somehow Miami's still going to lose because Jokic went to the bench, and that's danger zone for the Nuggets early in the second. But the Nuggets went on a big run with Jokic sitting, and we're texting in our group chat saying, oh, well, this is trouble for Miami because Jokic is catching a rest. He's going to be fresh for the third, which turns out to have been a big deal. But this could have been a backbreaker for Miami, and they were able to claw back. But there were good signs, I think, for Denver. Their bench unit, it was Jamal Murray and bench guys. Jeff Green was fantastic. That's something that I think when we're looking ahead to game three might be a bigger deal. You know, how does Miami kind of counter that? Well, Christian Brown came in and made a huge impact in that run, making all kinds of defensive plays, making some pretty impressive dunks by always slashing towards the basket like, like he's wont to do. Yeah, like this game flipped. Well, all of a sudden, what was a double-digit deficit for the for the Nuggets became a at one point a fifteen-point lead, and it seemed like, man, maybe just Miami's not good enough. You know, maybe like the Nuggets really have this. 
But then that's set up for the whole second half of that fourth quarter, the Duncan Robinson. Also, like, we haven't said his name yet. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, yeah. I mean, probably the MVP of the game. He was unbelievable for Miami, and he was great in game one, too. This guy has been a rock for this team, and, like, he kept coming up with big shots, making big plays. Anytime the Nuggets, you know, like, this is one of those times where I know Miami went into the zone, but it wasn't like Denver was really struggling that badly. It just, for me, like the second half, the execution of Miami was so crisp, was so good. And you kept having whoever it was, if it was Gabe Vincent or Jimmy Butler coming up big, um, this team or Duncan Robinson started the fourth quarter. We, we keep mentioning like this, uh, this Miami victory was so good. Um, can we talk about the the conclusion? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit there. Is there more? We got to talk about Nikola Jokic and his third quarter. Sure. Nikola Jokic in yes. the third just takes over, puts up 18 points in the third. And it's one of those quarters where he just does it because he can. You know, you can kind of see him say, OK, those guys took care of business when I was sitting on the bench. Let me go out and get some stuff done. And I don't know how you guys felt. It was an incredibly physical defensive performance from Miami. They just couldn't stop him. I feel like Jokic and maybe the referees left a little bit on the table for Jokic because he was getting shoved out of his spot. I mean, just shoved. Two hands shoved in the back. Pretty incredible that he still put up 18 against Miami playing that physical. Wound up with 41 for the game. I and mean, This is what he does. Well, it is 1994, so two-hand hand-checking is completely legal, as right. we all know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the important thing. In the finals, we go back 20 years in the rule book just to make it more fun. And the thing is, does it matter? Because Jokic, at least at the end of the third quarter, he just started backing people down. And then, like, they went to let him through. He's like, I'm just going to throw the ball over my head. and It'll probably go into the hoop or it'll go to the guy in the corner. Um, and my, my favorite play of the game probably was when he stole the ball, started going coast to coast, basically shoved Cody Zeller off of, off of him. This looked like a, like a slam ball clip. Drives through literally three people and just, like, barrels over all of them to hit the layup. And it was just like, okay, like this is kind of like Giannis in the finals a couple of years ago, where like this guy is playing with like invincibility mode on, and there's nothing you can do. I'm, so honestly, I, the fact that they won this game, that Miami won this game, is insane considering how well Jokic was scoring. I would say I need these Jokic highlights where he's barreling through Cody Zeller. He did it in game <laughs> one. He's basically doing some stiff arms, a little Walter Payton esque. <laughs> I need the NFL films music. I don't know if we can get an NBA NFL crossover. Oh, yeah. I need the slowed down like shot on actual 35 millimeter film. I need those with the, dun, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I need that going on. Show me my slow down Jokic highlights, but it's Jokic, interesting. Jokic saw Cody Zeller and it was like a, a, a bull seeing a matador waving a red cape. I mean, it he was really was Bo just, Jackson yeah, he, he seeing Brian Bosworth in the man. hole. Um, yeah. Sorry, Keith. I didn't mean to cut no, you I off. Say, but... No, I want to say also like, the high scoring output, I think what everyone's going to also circle is the low assist output, only finishes with the four assists. And you have to wonder how much of that is Miami looking at it and saying, like, listen, we can't have him carve us up. They, they, they were playing the zone, and it seemed like, I, I don't know, I, this is one of those chicken or the egg. Like, I don't know if it was the, the thought process of Miami to, like, let's, let's help less. Let's just, if he scores, he scores. If it's a two-pointer, maybe that's better than getting everyone else involved. Because like Michael Porter Jr., nothing. Um, where he said KCP didn't have a, a great offensive game. And so maybe Miami was comfortable with that. But then again, watching the game, I thought was 
Jokic is just like, I got to score. He thought he had to score every time, and he basically did. So, I, I, again, that's the chicken of the egg. I don't, I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was Jokic being magical. Well, this is what Miami's managed to do with the zone so far is to just take away three-point attempts. It's not so much that it's – I mean, yes, Denver in game one, they missed a bunch. In this game, they basically shot 40% from three, but they only got up 28 threes, and that is a math problem at a certain point, right? Especially when you have a, a hot shooting night from Miami and they get up, you know, they make 17 threes. So, you know, just not getting the number of attempts up. Jokic having to take more twos. Murray took more twos. They were running him off the line. You know, a lot of these threes for Murray were the typical Murray threes where it's relocation kind of off the dribble, which is a little bit different than these other guys that are reliant on catch and shoot. KCP, you know, not getting any sort of dribble handoff action at all in, in this game uh you know that's a big deal for them so the zone i think is more of just a it's thrown a, a wrench in what they're trying to do it's not so much that it's stopping them it's just making them less effective at, at what they want to do yeah i and think a, go ahead say, a, a big thing a big thing with the zone why this works nicely against denver is you know denver they kind of cut in like weird areas of the court they like to do a lot of stuff like kind of in the corners They'll do some like crossing stuff off of Jokic and the high post elbow. And so the zone kind of plants guys kind of fronting and blocking those pathways. And it really forces Jokic to try to get deeper position where he's going to have someone underneath who is smaller. And then you have Bam kind of right behind him. So if he wants to make a move, he can't really go forward. He kind of has to do some sort of Sombor shuffle kind of thing. So yeah. it's something that Denver can figure out. And Miami will have to reconfigure how they go to it. And we've seen over and over again throughout the playoffs. Miami breaks it out at some point in the fourth quarter for like five minutes and teams just like struggle at first to figure it out. Usually you have two games where they've got it and then Spoh switches it up again and that's when they really fall off. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's more about it's getting Jokic those nail touches and, and stuff at the elbow, which they did a decent job of. But we're getting in the weeds over the zone. Um, let's get let's get back to the game. Start of the fourth quarter, we have the Duncan Robinson two minutes and 15 seconds of hell for the Denver Nuggets. He puts up 10 points. And uh, Gabe Vincent hits a three that brings Miami back. They were down eight starting the fourth. Brings them back, gives them a lead, and, and they extend that lead out. I mean, how big did that lead get, Keith? They got it up to double digits. Did it make it was, 12? I think it was 12, but I don't have okay. it in front of me. I, I, yeah, I lost my sheet. Um, but they extend the lead to double digits, and then Jokic starts doing his thing, and, and these guys are making a comeback. They get it pretty close. Now, I, I'm going to – one of the controversies for tomorrow morning is going to be a missed goaltend. And Keith, as our resident referee expert, when you have a tight game like this, I mean, you're looking at a, different, a difference uh, of strategy, even. If they're down yeah. one versus down three, they have a whole different strategy. And we're, we're going to get to the last possession. But just that missed... I, it, I just don't know, man. It, it it was a missed goaltend. It wasn't in the final. I can't remember how, how much time was left. Do you have? Do we do we know? It was like five minutes left or something. Yeah. You know, like it it was close. I mean, I thought it. I don't know. It, it's one of those. Do you want more reviews? Personally, I don't. After after watching the uh, the clear path review for forever, when Kevin Love threw the outlet pass to Bam, and Bam's like, no, don't throw it, and it would look like another NFL play where Jokic was face guarding. Like, I'm more of like, we're going to miss calls. I mean, Jokic got free free throws. He got three free throws on like, it looked like an absolute phantom call there. There were several missed out of bounds calls. Man, refereeing, I'd like to, I, I go with the, it's an art, not a science. 
uh, let's just let the game happen. I thought the way this game played out, it was beautiful. I mean, you could say, oh, we missed a goaltend. You're just like, well, guess what? Miami's shooting 90% this quarter. So, like, you know, right. I think I think maybe one was more important than, than the other. Yeah, kind of kind of a bigger deal to just allow Miami to hit every single shot. Yeah. So, Jared, down the stretch, it's final possession, 35 seconds left. Denver down three. They, they force Jimmy Butler into a three. And he misses. They get the rebound. About 12 seconds left. No timeout call. How'd you feel about that? I was fine with it, considering the look they got. I mean, Jamal was able to step up into a three. I was surprised Miami didn't foul. I thought they were going to foul, because Jamal got the shot that he wanted. That, like, you know, dribbling into that sidestep three, he catches front rim. That was right on the line. That's the kind of look that Denver's really hoping for. So I was surprised they didn't foul there. Um I mean, it worked. So, you know, I, I assume Spo onto the future saw he was going to miss and therefore went with that. But I didn't like the risk call on that one. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Broker dealer. Keith. I mean, I you, you call timeout, you let Miami set up their defense, and they've been setting up the defense the whole fourth quarter. And it seems like maybe, you know, it's it, I guess it's easy to second guess when you miss. It wasn't a great look, but Jamal Murray can make that shot. I don't know if they have a better play where they would have drawn up something. If you call timeout, then maybe it is easier for Miami to then decide to foul. Because if you once you inbound it to a guy. And if you assume they aren't a shooter or if they're not facing the basket, then you basically could easily commit that foul with no risk of it being a three-shot foul. So, you know, there, there's, I don't know, there's benefits and there's negatives yeah. to doing well, it both ways. I thought, the they thought you had 12 seconds left or 11 seconds left. Like, right. that's a good time to attack. See if you can, you know, you can break them down or do something. I mean, maybe even that situation, it's one of those you, you drive towards the goal and muscle memory for defenders a lot of times is they help off. They, uh, they like try to stop a two pointer instead of, you know, down three, maybe that would have worked, but it's a tough ask obviously to when the defense knows you need a three, you know, if, even if you call timeout or if you play it, how they played it, it it's hard. Um, they, the, the Nuggets got a good look and came up, you know, so close. 
what one thing i will say i usually like teams not going to the timeout if they have a play in hand that they know they're going for and they were able to draw it up like a you know a minute earlier in the huddle what i think would have been good about calling a timeout there is that you had enough time that you could work the ball to Jokic and run some actions for Jokic to try to find somebody or for him to try to work through a cross match and try to get an and one or even score and then he is um, always able to score with enough time on the clock that you're able to then foul and go for another full court play where maybe it was a two point game at that point. So I think they had enough time that the timeout would have given them some options and they were team well designed for those options. But at the end of the day, I thought they got a pretty solid look off. You're not going to do that much better than that against this Miami defense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And- I think uh, credit to Jimmy Butler because he actually blew yeah. up. Jamal Murray was going to just pull up with about nine seconds left. That's what he was hoping to do. I I think that was really what they saw. You know, again, catching him in the scramble, getting back. Hope that you could pull up, maybe get an offensive rebound, get two shots at it in in case you miss. But Jimmy Butler blew that up. I mean, this is the thing. Like, Jimmy Butler may have had a a kind of a rough offensive night, but his defense, I thought, in this game, Miami as a whole, their defense. Jared, you mentioned walling up the paint. There was one series where Michael Porter and Jokic were kind of working the corner trying to drive on Jimmy Butler and Kevin Love. And it was a stone wall. They just could not, could not get into the paint. You know, winds up, uh, you know, I think Porter throws up a wild floater. But to your point, I mean, I think all night long, and that last play was a signifier of this. It was defense that won Miami this game. It was making all their threes help, but they really defended uh, very well, especially in the fourth. And Kyle Lowry, too. We haven't really given the chance to shout him out. He was able to guard, like, every position on the floor. Um, and also, just quickly, as we're running out of time, we mentioned Gabe Vincent. We just have to like reiterate one that he was a leading scorer for Miami, right? Yeah. Um, and his he's had several moments in every single series where there's a there's like a, he senses that there's a moment for him to step up with a few big pull up shots, and if he hits them, it's gonna it's just gonna throw gasoline on the fire, and that really happened in this game. And you know, Duncan was kind of carrying them, and then Gabe really went off and just kind of completely flipped the game right as Jimmy was coming back in. And then Jimmy's like, I'll take it from here. And it was just a perfect sequence of events for Miami to go on that big run. Yeah, we all should have known this was coming because the talk was, oh, wow, Denver's going to sweep. You can't do that against the Miami Heat. You just can't. You can't let those vibes get out in the world. Um, They are really an unkillable monster uh, because they have, on paper, they do not stack up well talent-wise with the Denver Nuggets, but... They got the best coach in the world and Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly yeah, what Gabe. I was going to say. I, also, I don't think the talent matters because they're shooting hot. So, they're, yeah. so their talent is that good. I, I'd like to recognize there's, there's a comment in, in the YouTube comments here saying, you know, that was a perfect Miami game and they only won by three. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like Miami did play, I think, again, perfectly in the fourth quarter. However, like you look at Denver. Denver won the points in the paint. They dominated the fast break points. They had more second chance points. They made 86% of the free throws. They hit 11. They hit 39% from three. They made 52% from the field overall. Those are all winning numbers. Those are all games. Those are all stats for teams that win their game and they lost. So like, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both teams played well. Miami played better. We got a one, one series. Yeah, and by the way, uh, shout out to Andrew Schlecht, who's in the comments. Yeah, he yeah. was just rando commenting on our My, video. Miami has not stacked up talent-wise against any team that they've played. Maybe the Knicks, because, you know, they just, they've got Jalen Brunson. About it. But they have been out-talented, uh, but they outwork the opposition. So, 
Here they are. It's 1-1, guys. We really, we officially have an NBA final series. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. For Jared Weiss and Keith Parrish, I'm Dave DeFore. Guys, you're going to try to do the ding simultaneously? Ding, ding. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.